This is the Assumption Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We have made it. Lent is over, and we have begun the sacred Easter Triduum. Congratulations. I don't know about you, but some days Lent felt like it was lasting forever, and Easter felt so far away. But other days, Lent seemed to fly by. This year, 2023, is a special year for all the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Why? Because Passover, Easter, and Ramadan all fall in the same calendar month. This happens only every 33 years. There is much for the world to be thankful for. Oftentimes, a penance I give people is to think about five things they're grateful for and to thank God for them. I do this because when we are thinking about our sins, it is often difficult to recognize the gratitude we have in our lives. Today at the Franciscan place, I heard over 30 confessions and gave that penance a lot. In honor of that penance, and today as we celebrate Holy Thursday, the beginning of the sacred triduum, I thought I would share with you five gratitudes of mine. One, I am grateful for my priesthood. Two, I am grateful for Jesus. Three, I am grateful for the Eucharist. Four, I am grateful for you, the people of God. For without you, Mass would not be as fun and a little boring. Lastly, I am grateful for God allowing me to give the body of Christ to you, the people who are the body of Christ at each Mass. I have wanted to preach a homily on this last gratitude for months since moving back to Syracuse. Well, here we go. Homily number two for our Holy Thursday night. During the pandemic, the churches in Brooklyn, where I was assigned, closed altogether. We were not even able to keep the churches open for prayer, like the head did in Syracuse, because we were the epicenter of the epicenter. To have mass with a camera and with me being the only person physically in church was not fun and a little boring. When the churches finally reopened, the joy and the smile I had on my face underneath my mask was huge. It was so great to give the body of Christ again to the body of Christ. Maybe when you have received communion from me, you have seen that joy and huge smile on my face. It is because it is an honor and a privilege to distribute communion to you. Today, 
as we celebrate the night when we are given both of these gifts, the Eucharist and the priesthood. The Eucharist cannot exist without the priesthood, and the priesthood means nothing without the Eucharist. Tonight, may you and I receive these gifts with an open heart and with all our being. May we never take them for granted. For the cost of the priesthood and the Eucharist was great. God's only begotten Son. After everything, all the noise, the crowds, the mobs, the anger, the screaming, the torture, the executions, the pain, it's finally quiet. The gospel today leaves us in a quiet little garden with a little little uh, cave carved into the side of this little hill into which they lay Jesus' body and push a rock into the front of the little doorway. And it's quiet. The crowds have dispersed. Soldiers have gone back to the barracks. Priests have gone back to the temple. Maybe there's a few Disciples that linger. Most likely Mary would have stuck around for a little bit, Mary Magdalene. Let's place ourselves there in that quiet garden and just join them in our mind's eye and with the eyes of our hearts in just looking at that stone and think about kind of what was going through their minds. Perhaps, you know, for sure, Mary would look and say, you know, behind that stone, well, that's my son. That's my boy. Mary Magdalene would say, you know, my, my healer, my teacher. Peter might say, that's my best friend. All of us are here because... That man, that divine man in that tomb means something to us as well and has come to shape our lives and to draw us all here. And I'm sure going through the minds of Mary, Mary Magdalene, any other disciples that were there, anyone that knew and loved Jesus, one big question. Why? Why did this have to happen to him of all people, to the one who truly was innocent, who had never done wrong to anyone? Why did this happen to him? St. John gives us a hint by pointing out a couple times where exactly this is. 
The tomb is in a garden. In a garden. If you let that jog your memory, think back in the story, the great story of salvation. Yes, the night before, Jesus suffered agony in the garden. But long before that, long before that, way back to the very beginning, we come back to the garden, to the story of Adam and Eve, which really is our story as well. And the sadness that comes into the story when pride enters the picture, when they start to think, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I should be able to decide what's right and wrong. Maybe I should decide for myself how I should live and what I should do. Instead of living in accordance with what our Father has asked, we selfishly kind of grab for that same authority to decide for ourselves, to make our own rules. Well, you know, for me, this is okay. This is an ex I'm an exception. I can get away with this. Oh, it's not that bad. You know, it's so easy. But through that, sin enters the picture of the human experience. And it starts to erode and break down our capacity to relate with God, to relate to each other in a healthy way, in a holy way, in a positive way. And we lose the ability to even come before God with hope of life. And we experience all the suffering, all the pain that comes because of sin. This is what this gospel story is trying to remind us of by mentioning this garden. Go back to the garden and what happened there, but then go back to God's promise. God's promise to save. When Jesus came, He did the opposite. Rather than becoming prideful and selfish and disobedient, rather than grasping for authority and power that wasn't His, Jesus surrenders authority and power that is His. And He becomes obedient. He lives according to the will of God, even when it's not convenient, even when it's uncomfortable, even when He might be missing out on the fun other people might be having. He lives the will of His Father in His thoughts, His words, His deeds, His choices, how He spends His time, His habits. He reverses completely where we go wrong. And because He's not just man, because He's God as well, there's much greater power in that. There's power in that that can extend to all of us, that can bring saving love to all of us, to rescue us from the ultimate consequence of our sin, which is death to rescue us from that. That's how much He loves us. That's how humble He is. He is obedient to death for our sake so that we might live. That's what brought Him to the cross. That's what brought Him to that tomb, that little carved-out tomb in the rocky hillside 
outside of Jerusalem. Let's return there in our minds, in our hearts, to place ourselves before this, the stone that's rolled in front of the tomb there. Perhaps let's step forward and place our hand on that cold stone and ponder the body of our Lord on the other side. Just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I love you and help me to live like it. Do not be afraid. The words that Jesus speaks to the women because he echoes what was said by the angel to them as well. Do not be afraid. These are words that are not from history. They are words to us this night. Jesus speaks those words just as he has spoken them for nearly 2,000 years. Do not be afraid. In our time, there sure has been darkness and we can get very discouraged. All the different things that are happening around the world and of course, even in our own country, in our own city, our own nation, the nations of this hemisphere. And we can be filled with fear, but that's exactly what the enemy wants us to be, afraid. And Jesus says to us, do not be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of, for I have come and I have conquered sin and I have conquered death. There is a story about a woman, a Jewish woman, in a concentration camp. And on the day that that camp was liberated by the Allies, someone came to her broken body and picked her up in her arms. And the woman said to her, tell the people, tell the people, and the woman who was cradling her thought that the next words out of her mouth were going to be, tell them about the tragedy, the horror that is here. Instead, the woman with her dying breath said, tell the people that there is nothing that God cannot get under. There is no disaster that he is not aware of. There is no evil in this world that he cannot get under, for he has done that by his life, his death, and his resurrection. And he continues to bring salvation 
to the whole world through you and through me. We continue to tell the story to others. There is nothing to be afraid of. In our, in our friary, they like to watch a certain newsman give the news every night. I can't watch him because everything is a disaster. There's not enough ketchup left in the world. There's not enough mustard. We hear this voice that sounds as if the whole entire world is going to break tonight. It will not. For Christ has conquered sin and death. And he's in my life and your life. He's there to raise us up when we are down. He is there to strengthen us when we are weak. He sends people into our life to be a Christ for us, to bring good news to us. And how many people here tonight and will be with us tomorrow who are not already good news for others? Our pantry and our, our, our soup kitchen, we do so much good work 9,000 suppers and lunches every month to the people in this neighborhood. Over 450 people come to us each month for food baskets. They come because they know that they'll be treated with respect and love. They know that our volunteers will look at them with the eyes of Christ. And it's the same thing in our Poverello Center, our health center. It continues to grow in service to the poor and those who have no place else to go for their health care. I don't know how many times I've answered the phone of people who have said, I'm going to be late, but I need this physical so that I can get a job. And I know what to answer them. I don't have to call anyone. Do your best. Get here when you can. And I know that each of those people will be treated with respect and love. And it settles their nervousness right there on the phone to know that someone else cares about them and will treat them with love. Again, our volunteer doctors and nurses and student doctors and all of the different people that come to assist us in the Poverello Center, there's the face of Christ for others who are afraid. And I don't know how many times that I have been here in this church seeing our people, whether they're sitting at that table over there or greeting one another after church, have kind words for each other. I've even noticed that it's not a real Catholic church, I thought, for a while because no one was screaming in the parking lot trying to get out the door. But no, that is the spirit of our place, of this Franciscan church, of the Assumption. People treat you with respect, with dignity and love. We are the face of Christ for others. We are the evidence 
Not the proof, the evidence that Christ has conquered sin and death. It is our faith that gives other people hope because we express his love. There has been many tragedies in our community this past year. Beautiful parishioners who have passed from this world into the life eternal. And yet I know that they join with us tonight with all the saints of heaven to sing the chorus of Alleluia, that Christ is risen, that sin and death have no more power over us. And there is absolutely, positively, no reason to ever be afraid. Thanks for listening to the Assumption Church Podcast. To listen to more episodes, connect with us in our community, or join us for worship, please visit assumptionsyr.org. Deep inside, we know that it'll cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. But this is our call, to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Alpha, who will you invite?